to another episode of Parminio for the modern day chief of staff. Message, mission, and OKRs. That's what we're going to be discussing on this podcast. On our last episode, we discussed the importance of message and mission to the CEO and the chief of staff. We discussed how you must create a consistent vision and a common purpose in order to move the organization in the same direction towards that vision. We utilized the case study example of Satya Nadella at Microsoft and how he's used a methodology to inspire and motivate and create that consistent vision and common purpose at Microsoft. It's a a three-part methodology. Um, First is painting the big picture and the common theme in simplistic words and terms. Second is using consistent language to support that. And then third is simple and key supportive statements that are goals and trends that help to converge on the direction that you want to go. In the case of Microsoft and Satya Nadella, the big picture was embracing our future, the intelligent cloud and the intelligent edge. He then uses consistent language um, when he's with employees, when he's speaking to investors and outside groups, when he's speaking to his leadership team. He talks about unmet and unarticulated customer needs and how we at Microsoft need to have a growth mindset and innovative ways of thinking to solve them. He then talks about three key things that support the vision. AI technologies to power this vision, computing power more powerful on the cloud and edge, and how the virtual and the physical worlds are colliding and that supports the cloud and edge as well. Once you paint that big picture and the common theme about the destination and the vision where you want to go, there's three things that an organization, essential things that an organization has to do in order to Uh, drive and power this uh, through the organization and so that people take action on it and believe in the vision. Number one, and we talked about this on the last podcast, is the use of repetition. That means that you're using consistent language, the big themes, and you are repeating them in different venues, locations, with meetings and employees. And we're doing that specifically based upon this idea of cognitive fluency. And the research shows that repeated statements become more familiar, more familiar statements become more true, and more true statements become more persuasive. So that's the idea of repetition, and that's why it's towards the vision. The third piece of this that an organization needs is integration and alignment up and down and through the organization to ensure that all people are working on the most important things that support the vision that everybody wants to be moving towards. That's where OKRs come in, right? So OKRs, objectives and key results, are the tool that is used to bind, integrate and align an organization so that people up and down and across the organization are working on actions, initiatives, projects, the things they're doing support the most important priorities of the organization. So let's get into the details here. First of all, we're gonna define what OKRs are. We're gonna talk about some key points. 
Second, we're going to talk about the cadence or, and tempo of OKRs at the strategic and tactical levels. Third, we're going to talk about what types of goals should you be setting when you're setting OKRs? Should they be roof shots, moon shots, stretch goals? There's some research on this that we're, we're going to discuss. And then finally, if you were to implement this in an organization, what might that plan look like? And so if you are ever tasked with doing that, um, you can have a rough draft, a framework, every organization is different, uh, but an approach that you can use as a baseline um, to do that. Okay, so first of all, let's define OKRs. Um, it's an acronym. The O stands for objectives, objectives or goals. Um, they are short, inspirational, goal-directed statements. Um, objective at Microsoft might be, we are going to be a cloud-first organization. And, okay, so that's one of our objectives. Uh, a key result, the KR, is a measurable, means we can measure it, has a number on it, and it's an outcome-based result. Outcome or value-based result means it's something that results from actions that we take. At Microsoft, and this is one of their actual key results, they wanted to increase cloud revenue on Azure from 6.3 billion in 2015 to 20 billion in 2018. So it was actually a three-year um, key result. So it's measurable and it's results-based. Um, Microsoft might have been taking a lot of actions. We'll say, for example, if you were to say, I'm going to release two betas this quarter, that is not a key result. That's an activity that supports an outcome of a key result you want to drive forward. I've seen organizations, many organizations, I'm sure many people have, where they are using activities as key results. Activities are important. They are part of a task plan, a project plan, for example, that helps direct you into the direction of achieving a key result. But in this key result here at Microsoft, 6.3 billion to 20 billion, that is not a task. That's an output, that's an outcome, right? You do work and then you measure the results and the results tell you if you're successful or not, okay? So those are key things to remember. Um, if you're setting objectives, you might have three to five objectives at the strategic organizational level. Don't do too many, especially if you're just starting off. You wanna keep it targeted and focused so people that are seeing this can focus on the most relevant priorities. And then for each objective, you might have two to five key results. The idea is how many key results and what are they that are robust to capture um, the essence of the objective. We don't just want to produce five key results for no reason. You want to think about them and think about which key results are really driving the objective that we want to have, right? Some other key points on OKRs is that they are transparent in the organization, by seen by all, we don't hide them. Everybody in the organization has to be able to see what the top level are and the bottom level, okay? They are aligned horizontally and vertically, means everybody looking at them, they're consistent, they're not in conflict with other groups, and you have ownership. Somebody owns each key result. It could be the CEO, a department leader, 
uh, a team leader, an individual. Somebody owns the result. It means they have that person, that group is responsible for the task associated with achieving it. At Microsoft, um, if we were going to increase cloud revenue from 6.3 billion to 20 billion, the owner of that could be the head of Azure. That's probably a good place for that to sit, right? Okay, so we've defined them. We've looked at some key points of OKRs. Let's talk about cadence. How often are they set? At the strategic level, they're typically set annually, right? So you have a, a off-site meeting or a planning session. You're discussing these in great detail, the relevant points. You come up with three to five objectives, two to five key results for each objective. Those are your annual OKRs. Doesn't mean they can't be changed. Um, but you, you want to stay on course with those. Those are your long-term goals. Um, some organizations have three-year three strategic goals, just like the Microsoft example. Tactical OKRs then are at the quarterly level. They're set quarterly, measured against quarterly. These tend to be the team-level OKRs. They're more operational and tactical. So that's the cadence. Strategic, annual, uh, tactical, quarterly. All right. Okay, what type of goals, if we're setting goals, should we, should we set? Should these be audacious and stretch goals? Should they be moonshots, roof shots that are more achievable? What's the thinking on that, right? Because Google, Google is known um, for their audacious moonshots. It's in their culture, it's in their blood. Um, if you worked at Google, if you know people there, you'd probably talk about this. And Google says, we want to set daring goals that are remarkable achievements that attract the best and the brightest. Um, that's, that's, that's something that is inspiring. All right, well, that's good for Google. doesn't mean it's best for every organization, right? Um, if you look at uh, Sitkin, Miller, and C, and they've done a lot of research on stretch goals and goal setting in organizations, what they would say is that a lot of organizations misuse and overuse stretch goals without a real understanding of how to do it. And what they say from their research is that, well, number one, stretch, goal, stretch goals should be extremely difficult and have extreme novelty, meaning, um, they're radical in terms of their expectations and they require new approaches and paths to achieve. The research that Sitkin, C, and Miller have done also tells us that for organizations that are really successful in implementing stretch goals, they have two things in common. They have a lot of recent successes, which give them the confidence and the ability to meet the stretch goals, and they have slack or abundant resources. That means an organization like Google, they have money to put behind these, these stretch goals, they have resources, they have people, they can get the best and the brightest, right? They have the, the capabilities, the two capabilities that uh, Sitkin, C, and Miller describe that you have to have to be successful in reaching stretch goals. Um, in their research, they also looked at Yahoo and Marissa Meyer. Now, she when she came into Yahoo, set a bunch of audacious and stretch goals. One of them was double-digit revenue growth. Out of those eight goals, they achieved two of them. The rest that they did not achieve. Yahoo, if you were to look at their situation when she came there, 
had not had a lot of recent success. They had been losing a lot of money, a lot of belt tightening. That's not a situation, ideally, that's going to play to audacious goals and moonshots. And two, if you look at the employee base, and then Marissa Mayer comes in with these audacious goals, the organization is going to probably develop a lot of cynicism around that because they haven't been able to achieve anything. Now the outsider is going to come in and do all these great things, right? What Sitkin, C. and Miller describe is that based upon your recent success and your available resources, you should have a different... You've had recent success and you have a lot of slack and abundant resources, stretch goals are a good fit for your organization. Right? You've got the resources, you've got the confidence. If you've had recent success, but you don't have the resources, they say build up and get smaller wins. Okay, Build your confidence up, build your resources up, and as you're building, get to a place where you're in a better position for stretch and moonshot goals. Um, if you haven't had any success and you don't have slack resources, they would say, Look for a series of small wins and dig yourself out, right? When your back's up against the wall and you're fighting for survival, dig your way out, survive, build confidence, build resources, and as you're doing that, then you can build more stretch or more difficult goals into place. If you haven't had recent success, but you've got a lot of slack and abundant resources, they prescribe a, a method of experimentation. It's okay to have losses, right? But let's experiment and find new methods and models that can be successful in our organization. So if you are an organization, chief of staff, and you are helping the organization set your goals and what types of goals, this is a good framework to use, right? And think about your organization and where you're at and what type of goals make sense. Um, Latham and Locke, two pioneers in goal setting theory, um, and, and processes, what they talk about is one of the most important things to um, have success in completing goals is goal commitment. That is the idea that the people associated with those goals are committed to those goals. And what they talk about, there are two things that are really important in doing and in increasing goal commitment. Number one is the importance of the goal. How important is this goal, right? Have we conveyed the importance of it? Do people really understand it? Secondly, is, is the goal achievable? So if you're setting these stretch and audacious goals and the people in the organization don't feel they have the self-efficacy, meaning the internal belief that they can complete it, they will not have high goal commitment. And if they don't have high goal commitment, the chances are much greater that goals will not be met. So, Using some goal setting theory and the research that's been done and how to set goals is really important to bring into place when you're doing OKRs. Don't just randomly do OKRs. Have a fundamental understanding of goal setting theory and, and the psychology behind it. Now I have a friend who's a CEO and he swears by stretch goals. And he says, we have to have stretch goals. We have to challenge the employees. And basically what happens when you do that, by the way, 70 becomes the new 100, right? That's what happens because people know that the stretch goals are quote unquote phony and that 70% is okay. Rather than doing that, what I was telling him is if you're gonna set stretch goals that make people stretch, 
describe the importance of why we're making people stretch and how important it is that these goals are and then build up the ability for people to believe that they're achievable and if you're not building in the training or providing the resources or the tools or the methods for people can reach these audacious goals guess what people are just going to shoot for 70 percent and he's still gonna do the stretch goals. He's wedded to the idea, he really likes it. So anyways, great guy. And his organization's very successful, um, but using an approach that isn't quite right there. All right, now that we've talked about the types of goals and how you set them, if you're an organization about the cadence and how they're set, you're gonna talk about you know, a loose framework of, of how this might look in the organization as you're setting it up and what the process is going to be. You're probably going to provide a template that the organization can use. Everybody's using the same template, same definitions. You're going to talk about the importance of the right types of goals and how they should be set. Stretch goals, roof shots, moon shots, where your organization is at. Okay, that's the first step. Second, that team will then cascade that information down to their direct teams, right? The next step would be the senior team will have a, a session, might be an offsite. Some groups do one and two day offsites to develop these, where you're gonna have very in-depth, robust conversations about objectives and key results. Where are we going? Where are we at? If we're setting ambitious and stretched goals, is that right for our organization? And if we are, how do we get people committed to these goals? How do we describe the importance now, how do we make sure people believe that they have the ability to achieve them so they're executed on? Do we have the resources? Do we have recent successes? Those are the kind of conversations you're going to want to have. Then when we're setting them with an owner, what are the tasks, what are the actions that we have to take as an organization to achieve these objectives and key results? You set your key results, your OKRs, then they are, or they are cascaded throughout the organization. The leadership team takes those back to their teams and then they might have a few weeks, two to three weeks to work on their objectives and key results and at the tactical level, right? Once the tactical key results are done, they were then back, brought back forth and the team, you leading this process, would do a review process and you're going to review the strategic and the uh, tactical OKRs. Are they in alignment? Are they supportive with one another? Are there any conflicts? Are they consistent? Once that's done, you would then finalize those. And the next step would be, you would wanna implement monthly, weekly review sessions, operation review sessions. Um, typically that approach basically is you have a red, yellow, green coating, and then the objectives and key results that are yellow and red you have robust conversations about what actions, what steps do we need to take as a team to overcome the obstacles so that we can achieve the key results we're looking for. Meetings like that, not status meetings because, you know, as we know, status meetings are not valued by the employees and the team members, right? Let's focus on the actions and the steps that we have to take um, to achieve the key results. Uh, Alan Mullally at Ford, he had a a weekly operations review session that was quite long, quite lengthy, um, quite intense, where they would discuss as a leadership team every week 
their objectives and key results, and what actions and plans needed to be taken to overcome um, key results that were not on target for success. Those kind of meetings can be very intense and time consuming. So as an organization, um, you really want to look at what is the best model. Weekly key result meetings, monthly. If you just wait for a quarterly meeting and then review your key results then, you're probably gonna have a problem because you're gonna be behind schedule and you're not gonna have action plans and things in place to be resolving the issues, right? So. Weekly operation review sessions are a good place to do that. And so that's one piece of the puzzle. Then you would have your quarterly business reviews, of course, and they would be reviewed at that as well. Okay, so that's a framework for how you might implement OKRs in your organization. All right, so on this podcast, what we've talked about is message and mission and the importance of it and creating a consistent vision and a common purpose. We talked about how OKRs are instrumental in that, increasing and engaging integration and alignment so that everybody in the organization is working on the priorities and the objectives and key results that keep us aligned and moving in the same direction. So OKRs are a great tool to do that. We've defined OKRs. We've given an example of how goal setting is used and what types of goals and why, right? Stretch goals, rough shots, moon shots. We then talked about a framework for how you might implement this in your organization. All right, so um, thank you. And if you have any questions on this or anything else, please contact us at parminio.co. Um, send us a note. If you're interested in being a guest on this show, we'll be having um, chief of staff interviews in the future. And so we'll be doing that. If you're interested in any of our services, we have your coaching, training, and development for individual chief of staffs and corporations. Um, For most individuals that are working as a chief of staff, most people can expense these as an educational expense. Um, But take a look at our services, and we'd be happy to hear from you and work with you and develop a long-term development plan for you as a chief of staff. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Parminio.